The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, Javante Williams out for the year. A real bummer. Sorry about that, fantasy managers. Tyler Algier maybe stepping up for Cordero Patterson. We got some two big injuries there. We got uh, Jonathan Taylor questionable for Thursday night. Is this finally the week? Is this the big fab spending week, the big waiver wire week? Jamie, how's it looking in week five? I don't think it's a big week for fab because there's a lot of uncertainty with some of the replacement situations. You know, you have the, the scenario in Atlanta where Tyler Algier might be great for week five, but it's a tough matchup. Caleb Huntley is looming and he had a good opportunity. He played well in his opportunity that he had in week four. And then we get to week five, excuse me, then we get to week six and Damian Williams might be back and he could be the best running back for Atlanta. So it's, it's a little bit of a mess situation there. The Denver situation is very cloudy now because I still would expect Melvin Gordon to be the lead guy there, but uh, with his fumble problems and the addition of Latavius Murray, now we're looking at a potential committee. You mentioned the Don the Taylor situation. There's no real answer. A, is he going to be out? B, is it going to be Naeem Hines staying in his role, or does he get the the, the lead opportunity? Uh, Philip Lindsay, Deion Jackson, those are two guys there. So, no, I don't think you should be breaking the bank for one guy, but you could be spending on a couple of guys to maybe take some, some flyers on to see what happens moving forward. Okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, fair it's, enough. It's, 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 it's kind of depressing all the way around because you lose the two guys, right? You lose you lose Javante, you lose Cordero Patterson, and there's no like, okay, this guy right. could be very good. You know, like if you really want to avoid the mess of the of the injury replacements, just go get Rashad White because he may eventually become that guy. Uh, or you know what? Mark Ingram might still be really relevant this week. Oh because if Alvin Kamara's not healthy. And yeah. Latavius Murray's now gone. That's right. The dream Great matchup, matchup for Alvin Kamara. The dream. The Lions and the Seahawks, I think, who just bonanzaed 
uh, in week four, our dream matchups for running backs. Dave, I did and not. The and the Texans. And the Texans. Yeah, I, I did not like my intro. It was weird. It was like, very to the point. So I'm going to put up a comment here from Aaron in our YouTube chat. He says, Dave, give me life. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. It's depressing out there. It, it's tough in these fantasy football worlds that we're living in. A lot of injuries that hurt us this week. And I'm still reeling from a loss I took last night in one of our leagues. Oh. All I needed, all I needed Allen Robinson to do was catch like two passes for 15 yards. <laughs> I lost by 0.96. Not nice fantasy points. That's the opposite of nice. Uh to George Maselli, one of our best editors, and just frustrating that Allen Robinson who I tried to spite drop before the 49ers were done taking their kneel downs at the end of the game or before the Rams, whatever. I don't even know. I wasn't paying attention at the end. I didn't care. I was so mad. No, they didn't. They didn't that, uh, kneel. The site didn't let me. I, I, I'm going to uh, see if I can spite drop him right now. <laughs> you tried at this point, it's not just a spite drop. It's He sucks. He shouldn't be on a fantasy well, team. What was oh. this complaint you had about Alan Kamara in this situation this weekend? Oh, I'll get into that later. It, it uh, was, we've been hearing too no, much when, about that. That's like, on Wednesday. That's led on over show. into my stupid mentions and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the gist of it was we, you know, Chris even started this conversation. We, we offered some leniency to people who didn't know and maybe could make a substitution after the game, what? but before the one o'clock. All right, all right, all right, all right. Just, just the thought. Yes, I, we all. Some of us got killed for it. So anyway, we'll talk about that on on Wednesday. Because you say some of us got killed for it. it? Became. Uh, I mean, I took a lot of heat for it. It became a, a hot topic. Well, you're the one saying that you should allow people. I no, I think it's. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's a blanket statement. I think you know it depends on your league. I think there's a, there's an opportunity for no. Stop. I'm not getting into it. Not getting. This is a waiver wire show. Not getting into it. All right, we'll talk about the I Rams. I feel better. Game. I just by cut Allen Robinson. He's gone from my team. There you go. Is that the notification I just got? in One of my leagues. That's uh, probably what you just got. Okay. So anyway, uh, Javante out for the year, and he tore his ACL and his LCL. Melvin Gordon did have a neck issue, but he's fine. They have a Thursday game. Russell Wilson's a little dinged up. They expect him to play. They're at or they're hosting the Colts. Cordero Patterson on IR in the next two matchups. Look, I don't know if Tampa Bay's run defense is still great. It really has only been great for one week, but it's Tampa Bay and then it's San Francisco, and they are definitely great. So that's not a great outlook for uh, the Falcons running backs. And Jonathan Taylor, we thought maybe there'd be a waiver wire opportunity or something like that, but he could play on Thursday. And if he doesn't, it might be. Yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, Hines is 75% rostered. I don't think you're going to trust Right, but it's, it's the other there. two guys that, you know, you can take a chance on. And by Wednesday, we find out Taylor's out and Deion Jackson is starting or Philip Lindsay is starting. And then you're looking at, okay, that's a flex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we got to keep an eye on Amandra St. Brown. We got to keep an eye on Keenan Allen. We got to keep an eye on Hunter Renfro because you still have Josh Reynolds, Josh Palmer. Mac Hollins, who could have opportunities. There's a lot of guys. There's, there's George Pickens. Let's get into it. Top three waiver wire priorities. Jamie, who would you say they are? I would put Tyler Algio first, uh, just with the chance that he is the lead guy for the Falcons. You know, this was something that we thought might happen at the beginning of the season after they drafted him in the third round. Uh, I'll put George Pickens second uh, with the chance that he, he takes off now that Kenny Pickett's the starter and what we saw in that game uh, against the Jets. And then the third option, you could say it's a Broncos running back just because there isn't a clear opportunity for at least somebody to be the second guy there along with Melvin Gordon. 
Uh, but if you're just looking for a one-week situation, uh, it might just still be Josh Reynolds because he looked good, you know, in the game against the Seahawks. Obviously, with the Seahawks, tougher matchup this week against the Patriots. But we don't know the extent of Amara St. Brown's injury. And clearly, they're looking for somebody else. DJ Chark is, all banged up, is also banged up. Uh, Jameson Williams is not ready to go yet. So uh, I'll put him third ahead of those other guys. If you want to put another running back in the mix, it's Rashad White, you know, just with the hope that he continues to get work. And he is clearly the... The, the, the one guy you can identify now as a lottery ticket based on his role now, plus if something happens to Fournette. All right, so Jamie said Tyler Algier, who gets Tampa Bay this week, but Patterson's out at least four weeks. George Pickens, who gets the Bills this week on the road, and Josh Reynolds. Um, they get the Patriots, as Jamie said, tougher matchup also on the road. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts? Who are you prioritizing this week? And, and by the way, we should specify, who do you want in the Denver backfield, Latavius Murray or Mike Boone? I really don't want either one. So I'm not going to make a priority for either one. Uh, my top three is the same as Jamie's. Algier one, Pickens two, Reynolds three, because the rookies have a chance to help you in week five and maybe even help you rest of season. I loved what happened when Pickett came in the game. And George Pickens just started getting targets. He was the, the the top receiver in terms of yards for the Steelers. And I don't think it's going away. But the things that we, we talked about with why Najee Harris was a sell with what for what you can get, can't say a sell high, sell whatever, was because of the schedule. And the schedule is going to be bad for Pickens, too. It's going to be bad for Pickett. But I, I love the connection. They're going to trail a lot. Chase Claypool is awful. I expect him to get benched sooner than later. Pickens will be the number two receiver and maybe even make a run at the number one receiver spot with Deontay Johnson. So I'm all in on Pickens. Love to go and get him. I also think that there are four receivers that are worth prioritizing maybe after the these first three or four names or after the guys that you get. I think they're still going to be on the waiver wire after your waivers run on Wednesday or Thursday morning. It's Isaiah McKenzie, who's concussed right now, but if he gets cleared, uh, he might end up being the number two receiver in Buffalo. Zay Jones, who had an ankle injury last week. Jacoby Myers didn't play last week. Richie James, I know. I, I I loved him and told people to stash him. Some people started him. That didn't work out last week, but I still think he's going to have a role. I think those four receivers have a chance to be at least really good bench options, if not number three receivers for, for fantasy teams moving forward. But you don't have to prioritize. You don't have to go and get them now. All four of those receivers ahead of Allen Robinson. All four of those receivers over other guys that we're going to say to cut. Okay. I mean, if I'm that, you really would take Richie James over Kadarius Tony or Wandale Robinson. Yes, we. No. They're they're getting closer. We don't know what they're going to do. I, my worry with Kadarius is that he's going to play and then he's going to get hurt again, and it just feels like a headache that I can avoid. And Wandale could be that guy, but he's also just, you know, small, lean guy, has a hard time staying healthy, potentially. I'll, I'll, I like James. I like what I've seen, despite <laughs> what happened last week. All right, well, we don't I don't think there's any scenario where Richie James is going to help you win your league. Wandale Robinson and Kadarius Tony might be those guys. They have no, much, they're, much, they're, much more upside than, they, than, than Richie First James all, if he plays. Richie James is just a small possession receiver. If you get these guys playing at the level that they could potentially play at, based on what their pedigree has been, they're difference makers. Richie James is not a difference maker. So you absolutely should prioritize Robinson and Kadarius Tony over Richie James. How many names, hold on, how many names have we spoken in the first 10 minutes of this show 
that is somebody who's going to help you win your league. The words win your league. One of those two guys might be difference makers. Richie James is not a difference maker. He's a better floor player. None of these guys, guys we're talking about are difference makers. Play, except those maybe other two guys pick absolutely different. No, comparison. it's not. No, because he's very guys that will help you win. Has been in his career. Because Kadarius Tony could be no, that guy. Kadarius Tony's not going to be that guy. We could. I mean, at least he has a chance. In Richie, some magical universe where a Giants wide receiver can stay healthy and get targets from a great quarterback, I agree. But it's not going to be Kadarius Tony with Daniel Jones. Oh, but it's going to be Richie James for, for what? He's going to help you win your league this year. No, Jay, no, he's a bench. What? I didn't say No, I know that, but I don't know. I, I mean, said he's a good bench receiver. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, but if you're stashing someone I'm on your bench. I'm not picking Richie James up with Wanda Robinson. You know, he, he's literally fourth on my yeah. list of the post-wins they have, yeah, so I don't care if you get Yeah, that. whatever. Yeah, he's not a priority or anything. But, but there's actually, there are a lot of guys. I mean... Uh, Corey Davis, we haven't spoken about. Wide receiver uh, will be an interesting. Agreed, he should be on the list too. Yeah, we have. So we'll get to all those guys. Now, speaking of the Denver, I know this is the waiver wire show, but the Denver back backfield, uh, people want to know what do you expect here? You know how high? <laughs> it's, a, it's a little dismissive here. I mean, Melvin Gordon. This is how I phrased it on on yesterday's show. This is how I framed it on yesterday's show. Melvin Gordon last two weeks been really bad. He had a bad game in week three. Why do I keep forgetting who they play? Like great, oh, San Francisco, best ben Russell, best run defense in football, arguably. And Melvin Gordon had a bad game, and then he was terrible in Week Four, and obviously he's fumbling. But if this Javante Williams injury happened in the preseason, or if this Javante Williams injury happened even after Week Two, where you looked at Melvin Gordon and he still looked like he had some burst and he had a good role in the first two games of the year uh, against Seattle and Houston, two of the best matchups, you know, we would be. I think everybody would be really high on Melvin Gordon. Um, things have changed over the last two weeks, and he has had bad weeks. Uh, but, I, you know, I think there's an opportunity for him to still be a must-start player here. I want to know how you guys feel about it. Yes, sir. All right, so, Jamie, I'll let you have the first word. Give me your thoughts on the Denver backfield. Where do you rank Melvin Gordon rest of season? And Booner Murray, and will they have a role the same way Melvin Gordon has had a role with Javante Healthy? I think you should view Gordon as a high-end flex with the chance to be a must-start running back because the opportunity is there now for him to still reestablish himself as the best running back in Denver. Talent-wise, he's the best running back in Denver. And so, you know, he's got to fix the fumbling issues. You know, he's clearly addressing it in terms of how he's talking to his teammates and talking to the media, and he knows it's a problem. Obviously, the Broncos know it's a problem. And the fact that they sent a message to him, you know, with how they were using him in the game against the Raiders is, is, is pretty telling that they were, they're, they're frustrated with his fumble. Well, as he comes in, he fumbles on his first carry. But now their hand is forced. If Javante Williams is still there, they can mention. I don't think they're going to keep him off the field for Mike Boone and the 32-year-old Latavius Murray. So he's got a chance to run away with this job. If he doesn't, they're going to use a second guy no matter what, whether it's Boone or whether it's Murray. I'm going to give a slight nod to Murray because of what Mike Boone's been in his career. He's a good special teams guy. He's not necessarily a guy that profiles as a lead running back. And so he made mistakes in that game too. The drop at the end of the game, you know, that yep. could have helped extend the drive and maybe they could have scored to keep it interesting uh, against the Raiders. Uh, certainly from a gambling perspective, but he, you know, could have made the game a little more interesting at the end. Um, I don't think they're, they're probably in love with Mike Boone either. So does Murray have a chance after what he just showed in London to come in and be the lead guy? Maybe. But again, you know, we saw this last year. He looked good at the start of the Baltimore season when he was replacing all the guys that were there. And then he fizzled out because, you know, a 31 at the time, not 32. That's just, I think, where he's at his career. So I'm going to say Gordon's the one. And then Murray and, and Boone in that order will compete to be the two. I don't want to. I I don't think Dave is wrong there in saying you don't want to prioritize those guys, but you should absolutely be looking to get 
them as a second waiver move because what if one of them does become the league guy there? What if there's an injury to Melvin Gordon who continues to fumble and becomes the league guy there? Any volume situation is worth having on your fantasy team. And so he's going to be one of the two, Murray or Boone, is going to be in a potential volume situation. So don't break the bank for any of those guys, but you should certainly be trying to roster them. And definitely over Richie James. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will agree on that. All right, Dave, anything else you wanted to add there? Melvin Gordon's 29 years old and he can't hold on the football. He's averaging less than three yards per carry in his last two games. They just brought in a 32-year-old running back to add depth to their unit. This is a team that's going to end up throwing more. I'm trying to find their pass run ratio, and I'm coming up short finding it on my – oh, just found it. But uh, this is a team that I think is going to become quite pass-heavy moving forward. I think they're going to learn to not trust these guys. I'd be surprised if any one of them breaks out. Denver's already um, – the, they've been a little more run-heavy compared to the rest of the league, but I bet that flips. I bet they become a rust-centric offense. Yeah, Melvin could score touchdowns. He could be a good flex. I, I think that he could benefit if they get pass-heavy here because I think he could catch a lot of passes and, or at least you know maybe two to yeah you know, three a game something like that. And I, I think if you're I think if you're one and three against San Francisco, I think if you're one and three, zero oh and four, so I think he's a good guy to go after. Um, you know, I, I, because there are a lot of people that are going to be split on Melvin Gordon. Some people think he sucks and. Dave's out. It sounds pretty low on him. Uh, there's, there's a big opportunity here for Melvin Gordon. I don't understand the fumbles. Four fumbles in four games is outrageous. He's fumbled three or four times in each of the previous three seasons. And, you know, he says at 11, I think 11 fumbles in his last three seasons. Now he has four in the first four games. It's crazy. Probably not going to continue. But, um, you know, I, obviously a big opportunity for Melvin Gordon. And, and like I said, two weeks ago, we would have been over the moon here. Very excited about Melvin Gordon. Dave mentioned he's been under three yards per carry in each of his last two games. He had three carries in one of those games. So I think, you know, not going to count, not going to hold that against him. But all right. What's uh, Javante been? I don't know. I think he's like 4.3 yards per carry this season. He hasn't been great. Their running game hasn't been great this year. And, And you know what? Their beat writer in the athletic, I'm sorry, I don't know his name off the top of my head. He said, uh, whoever the running back is, the offensive line is going to have to do a better job. So I guess that's been a bit of a problem for them. Uh, let's see if I find the quote. No matter who gets the carries for the Broncos on Thursday night, the offensive line will need to perform better in order for Denver to establish a running game that has been inconsistent since the opener against the Seahawks. Oh, how about this? During the past three weeks, the Broncos have averaged only .75 yards per carry before contact, according to True Media. Yeah. A figure that ranks 27th in the NFL during that span. So they need better offensive line. Sixth play. worst. Yeah, Javante was getting 4.3 yards per carry. So he was doing okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, FFT in five is a five-minute version of this awesome show hosted by Chris Towers. So check out Fantasy Football Today. Subscribe to that show and get just a quick, you know, every single morning, a quick piece of advice players to add, players to trade for, start, sits, all that on Fantasy Football Today in five. All right, how much fab are we talking here, Jamie, for your favorite player? I guess that would be Tyler Algier. What are we looking at from a fab perspective this week? Not much. You know, again, I think for week five, if it was a better matchup, I would say that Algier would be worth, you know, probably north of 20% with the chance that he could not just take the the, the lead role in week five, but maybe the rest of the season. Because we just don't know what the extent of Patterson's injury is. We're hearing everything. It's, you know, just a minor procedure. But you never know for a guy that's 31, and at what point the Falcons will be in, in, in their season when he comes back. Clearly, they're off to a good start at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, But, 
the two things that that give me a little bit pause for you know going all in on Algier is one again it's not a, a, a full season injury for Patterson but two remember and you've mentioned this quite a bit that in uh, in week one they wanted to be a they wanted to have a split between Damian Williams and Patterson and Williams is a week away from being eligible to return from his rib injury so by week six Williams could be the lead guy there. I would like to see Algier because I, I always like to see the younger player get an opportunity. Uh, but Williams is certainly somebody that should be stashed for this week um, if you have an IR spot and probably should have been stashed all along if you have an IR spot just in case, you know, he did get an opportunity once he's healthy. So now there's a path to it. And so I think, you know, Algier, 10 to 15% if you're desperate for running back, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily break the bank for any of these running backs just because, again, it could be a situation where none of them has the lead role on their respective teams. Denver, we just talked about, and now the Falcons, same thing. Dave, if you saw George Pickens, he's 63% rostered. Maybe Robert Woods with the Traylon Burks injury. Um, so there was another wide receiver in that. Uh, Tyler Boyd is in that range. Would you spend more than 20% of your fab on any player this week, specifically the wide receivers? No, and that includes Pickens. If I thought Pickens was a surefire league winner, then I would, but... I, if it's all, I'll, let me amend it. If it's a keeper league, then I would, but he wouldn't be on the waiver wire in a keeper league. Right. So that that's the nice thing about this week is that you shouldn't have to burn through too much of your fab. And yet there's still enough talent out there, especially a receiver where you can, you can get some players that you'll like. Okay. So, all right. All right. Then that's your fab discussion, not breaking the bank on anybody. Uh, let's Dave, I'll let you lead this since you brought up some of these guys earlier, but if you're in deep leagues, I want to address something real quick here. You know, a lot of, one of the comments I see a lot is George Pickens isn't available in any of my leagues. You know, like, what do you guys play in 10 team? Like, stop please with that stuff. <laughs> you we, sounded like Rodney Dangerfield there. <laughs> uh, George, my waiver, why doesn't get any respect? Anyway, uh, stop with that stuff. Uh, we do it based on... It's so bad, it's good. Anyone who's rostered in fewer than 65% of leagues is, is uh, you know, we, we give you the shallow league guys too. Like uh, Jared Goff could be available in shallow leagues. Um, but, you know, I look at the other websites <laughs> and the these players are rostered in a lot fewer leagues on, you know, ESPN because I think most ESPN leagues are 10-team leagues. I think there are more 10-team leagues on Yahoo as well. So a lot of fantasy managers are making these decisions. In fact, they're making... They're they're deciding between maybe Dak Prescott in some leagues, you know, like what. So basically, what I'm saying is, you know, please don't criticize us for talking about George Pickens because he's available because he's not available in your league. He's available in a lot of leagues. CBS leagues, he's available in 37 percent, and on other sites, it's even more. Uh, but in terms of the deep league guys, you know, the Richie Jameses of the world, but but the Zay Jones of the world, because he'll be back. It looks like this week. And um, who headlines that list, Dave? Like, who would you look for in deep leagues? I would I would start with Mc. See, here's the thing. Like, I don't know if Isaiah McKenzie is going to be ready to go. He he seemed okay jogging off the field last week when he got concussed. If he passes through protocol, if we knew he was going to be ready to go, I'd make him the priority ahead of Zay. Is he a deep league guy? He's forty seven percent. Yeah, he's forty seven percent. He's too rostered. Well, Zay Jones is is available in six percent more leagues than Isaiah McKenzie. Oh, so. okay. I thought he was deeper. Why, than that. why don't we begin the conversation with Josh Reynolds, yeah. who's available in over eighty percent of leagues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think I think less than twenty percent of CBS Sports leagues is a good. I thought I didn't realize Zay Jones was as rostered as he was. I'm sorry about that. 
So if you want to go more shallow, more deeper leagues, you want to look at Alec Pierce. He's starting to play better, and and yep. the the Great Colts call. need op- options in the passing game. You absolutely should look at Wondell Robinson. He's at less than ten percent of leagues on for the Giants, and he's the guy that this regime drafted. You should look at Rondell Moore, who played more than Greg Dortch and probably has an opportunity to be better than Greg Dortch because he was expected to be better than Greg Dortch. He's at twenty eight percent. Um, if you're looking at running backs, you know, uh, the, the two guys in Denver, Latavius Murray and Alec, um, and Mike Boone, excuse me, are at 0%. Uh, Philip Lindsay, you want to take a flyer on him, or Deion Jackson, depending on who can get that job there. That's both 0% uh, for those two guys, so that those could be options. Uh, Josh Reynolds is at 19%. Corey Davis, that's the guy that Zach Wilson just seems to love. He's at 24%, so he could be available in a lot of leagues. Uh, one guy that we haven't mentioned, because we don't know the extent of the injury, Devin Duvarney may end up being the number one receiver yeah. for the the Ravens if this injury for Rashad Bateman lingers and he's at 20 uh, excuse me 38 percent so he's a little bit more rostered than some of these other players but um if he's the lead guy for for the Ravens for however long um you've seen the the touchdown potential and now maybe we get a few more or targets in his direction so there's another guy if there is no Zay Jones back this week Jamal Agner just showed you that that's a guy that they'll lean on and he's available in 100 percent of leagues so he's somebody that you should uh, put on your radar as well and then you want other positions too, or just repeat? no? That's that's fine. I mean, that's fine. Okay, well, we have a lot more uh, show to get to here, but I got to tell you about my Indochino suit. Oh, sad day yesterday. I had to take it to the dry cleaners. Don't have my Indochino suit until Saturday when it comes back from the dry cleaners. But I don't think I'll need it. But get yourself an Indochino suit. Get yourself a suit that you love wearing. It's really important. Okay, a suit that you're fired up to put on. You customize every single detail. This is your suit. It it fits you perfectly and only you it is made by you and for you finding the perfect suit is impossible but finding a suit that's perfect for you is simple thanks to indochino get yourself to indochino.com or visit a store but if you go to indochino.com you can get 50 bucks off any purchase with the promo code fft now they have a lot of other things it's not just suits okay there's fall wear there's nice shirts pants it's a menswear store so you know just They've got everything you would expect them to get, but you can get the custom fitted shirts, the casual wear, the outer wear, and plenty more. Always new designs and fabric options. And I'm going to tell you, it's actually pretty fun to design a suit. All right, to go through the whole process and pick a lot of things they wouldn't even think about. Uh, this is pretty cool. Like You're going to enjoy it. So go to Indochino.com. I cannot recommend it more highly than I am recommending it. I swear, I love it. It is. I get compliments every time I wear it, and I'm going to get more. Get 50% off any purchase of $3.99. I'm sorry, $50 off. $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more with the promo code FFT at Indochino.com. It's a good deal. I can't get you 50% off, but I can get you $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more. Promo code is FFT at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Again, promo code FFT. All right, let's get some more names out there for the people. Let's get our top... Yeah, actually, let me run through the news and notes. All right, Traylon Burks out indefinitely with turf toe. Rashad Bateman has a mid-foot injury. Keenan Allen, day-to-day. Josh Palmer... That doesn't sound good. What, a mid-foot injury? Or the turf toe? Yeah, it almost sounds like a Liz Frank. And he was in a walking boot after the game. All right. The call on Devin Duvernay is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen, day-to-day. And Josh Palmer, I was so disappointed in, I did not realize that he got hurt in week four. Is he... I haven't seen any updates on him, but he didn't play that much. I hope he's back. Cause I believe he came back in the game, but I... I, I, I Yeah, he did He did limp off the field at one point. Um, so just keep an he eye on He missed a that. lot of time. But and and I think that... Great for Gerald Everett and obviously Michael. Oh, sorry, Jamie. He missed a lot of time. I think that's why Josh Palmer stunk, but he's usually good without Keenan Allen. He usually plays 90% of the snaps. 
T. Higgins has an ankle injury, but he should be fine. Isaiah McKenzie, concussion protocol. Jahan Dotson's out one to two weeks with a hamstring injury. I'll ask you this later, but how about right now? Uh, no Jahan Dotson this week, and Tennessee is arguably the worst team against tight ends so far. Any interest in Logan Thomas on the waiver wire? Not bad sure. Streaming option. Uh, Gus Edwards is going to start practicing. Should we be adding Gus Edwards if we don't have an IR spot? No, no. not yet. But clearly, Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis are not getting the job done, and Justice Hill's now hurt. So, um, right. something to keep an eye on there. Uh, Brian Robinson could be back this week. So, he's not available in a ton of leagues, but if he is, get him. Uh, Russell Wilson, questionable, but expected to play. Don't know about Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor right now as the Giants are at, or in London facing Green Bay. Tua Tunga Bailoa is out this week. It'll be Teddy Bridgewater at the Jets. And then maybe more for Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Darnold is eligible to return, but still not close to returning. And you got to think he has a decent chance of being their quarterback with the way Baker Mayfield's played. Um, Shaquille yep. Leonard on Thursday's game. He's out this week. Shaquille Leonard for the Colts. And big, big thing there for the Colts. Their run defense has been so good. But DeForest Buckner played just 35% of the snaps in week four. And they struggled against yeah. the run for the first time. So we got to keep an eye on him. He'll probably play. I don't know how healthy he'll be. Jacksonville lost a starting defensive tackle, Foley Fatukasi, and they struggled against the run against Philadelphia. We'll see if he can come back. Uh, defensive end Randy Gregory for the, for the Denver Broncos. He could end up on IR. Jamison Crowder broke his ankle. Noah Brown got a good report on his injured neck. And both San Francisco and the Rams lost starting offensive linemen last night. Uh, for the Niners, it was their backup left tackle who was starting in place of Trent, Richard, uh, Trent Williams. So he's on. They're on to mm. their third left mm. tackle. All right. Whew. Top three priorities at each position. Dave, give me the quarterbacks to prioritize this week. It's a week-to-week deal. None of these guys are going to help you rest of season. My favorite is Geno Smith. I love the way that he's been playing at least 20 fantasy points in three of his four games. The matchup gets tougher this week against New Orleans. There's no doubt. But I just I think he's making the most of playing with, with DK and with Lockett. And they're letting him throw. He's doing a good job. So I don't see that changing. Tannehill's my second favorite one on the list. Garoppolo is third. Uh, they are all available in at least 50% of leagues. You might be able to convince me on Bridgewater over Garoppolo. I just I like the matchup for Garoppolo against Carolina. Bridgewater gets the Jets. All right, so that's Geno Smith against the Saints, and Smith has been playing very well, and he's completing 77% of his passes. Ryan Tannehill it's gets... World. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill he's gets Washington. Russell Wilson. It's weird. And people, you know, Seattle, I've been just reading a little bit about it this morning. They seem, people seem pretty sold on it. I think it's probably a little premature, but uh, he is also number one for you, Jamie. So Dave said these are week to week guys. He said Smith, Ryan Tannehill against Washington, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, against Carolina, and Teddy Bridgewater would be fourth. Do you, do you, Jamie, think Geno Smith has staying power and can help us all year? Yeah, I mean, not as a uh, must-start guy in a 10- or 12-team league, but certainly in a 14-team league and in, you know, deeper 12-team formats. Uh, um, I mean, think about where Matthew Stafford is right now, you know, and, and, and his struggles and what his offensive line looks like and some of the matchups he, he has coming up. You know, Geno's doing what we wanted Russ to do for the last couple of years. You know, he's, he's leaning on his two top receivers. He's, uh, he made plays with his legs last week. 49 rushing yards is impressive. He can do that. We know he's got that in his, you know, his arsenal, uh, not to that level, on a week-to-week basis, but you know, 15 to 20 rushing yards, he gives you an extra point or two. That's a that's a nice thing. So yeah, I, I don't I don't mind Geno Smith right now. He's been one of the best surprises so far this season. Uh, I would put Kenny Pickett third 
um, you know, with the upside of what he can be. You know, there's another guy that we know is going to use his legs. Uh, terrible matchup this week, clearly, but um, he's somebody that you know. I know I'm I'm in a couple leagues where I'm I'm struggling at quarterback. Where I had Stafford or have Stafford. Uh, one league where I lost Trey Lance and and the waiver wire is bare. Uh, I'm going to make a play for Kenny Pickett to be um, my my second quarterback and with the hopes that he could be the third guy. So uh, I have no interest in Jimmy Garoppolo whatsoever. This 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 is a uh, a guy that's never averaged 20 fantasy points per game in his career and is averaging 12 and a half points per game his last two weeks. So. He's somebody that I'd be cutting um, if you have him in one quarterback leagues. Uh, I'd have more interest in, in Teddy with the chance that he's good in the Dolphins offense. Um, and if you want to talk week to week, Bailey Zappi, baby, against the Lions. I mean, there, there's a chance for uh, for him to fall into 20 fantasy points, uh, knowing how bad the, the Lions have been. So um, if you're just you know a desperate two-quarterback super flex league, and we don't get Mac Jones, and we don't get uh, Brian Hoyer. If I'm the Patriots, I don't even bother with Brian Hoyer at this point. I'd rather just play Zach. Agreed. Um, and so he could be he could be an interesting option, you know, if you're if you're stuck, and he's available in, in 100 percent of leagues. And don't hey, forget about Andy Dalton quick thing, and Jameis. Just on the, the topic. Yeah, yeah, either one, but you know, it's it's a little clouded just because of the scenario of will Winston play? Um, if Winston does play, yeah, it's a great matchup. If Winston doesn't. play, Play Dalton, same thing. You know, I, I think, you know, we, we you asked the question about spending your, your fab budget. Two quarterback super flex leagues, people are going to have to spend some money, you know, because there are guys that are now available. We don't know how long two is out, so Teddy's going to go for, for you know, probably, uh, I'll say at least 15 to 25% of your of your budget, depending on what your what your situation looks like. Um, Zappy, because of his matchup, should get some interest. Obviously, Pickett's not roster across the board. You know, I, I usually look, and I, I could be wrong, this is my gauge. Anybody that's rostered in fewer than 30% of our leagues, I think there's some chance that they could be available in 10-team, 2QB, or Superflex leagues. Um, so those guys could potentially be available. Even Gino, you know, who's at 24%. You know, people might not mm-hmm. have been buying in. Um, so there, there's a chance that these guys could be helpful for you. And if they are, you know, we saw Heath in our league. You know, granted, it's a little bit deeper, 12-team league. He spent 100% of his fab budget on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's extreme. Yeah. But there are people that could be in those type of situations that you don't have a good second quarterback. Trey Lance was your guy. Your other guy's struggling. You may be stuck. Quick word on Geno Smith. Just as far as the subject of staying power, can he be your guy the rest of the season? I'm looking at his schedule now. And after this match against New Orleans, I'll just give you the next four games. Arizona, the Chargers, the Giants, Arizona. I mean, it, it doesn't get that hard that he's got a game at Tampa Bay. He's got a game against the Rams week 17 fantasy championships. He's got the jets at home. Uh, there, there's some really, really favorable matchups for him for the majority of the year that I think you can kind of maybe buy into a little bit. So if you need a quarterback, Jamie said it, I say it, I think he's the top guy to get. And maybe there is some staying power. Maybe this isn't just a week to week deal with them. All right, let's get some names. Uh, we probably talked about this already, but Jamie, who are the top waiver wire priorities at running back? Yeah, for me, it's uh, Algier one. Uh, but, you know, when you see the column on CBSSports.com, you're going to see I have the Falcons guys in one blurb together. So the priority list could be a little bit different depending on how we're going to phrase it here. But Algier would be one. Uh, Latavius Murray would be two. And Rashad White would be three. Now, that being said... I have no problem if you want to take White first to avoid the mess and just have somebody that you're stashing if you don't need to start any of these guys. But I think Algier has an opportunity to take the lead role for the Falcons. 
but Damian Williams should be factored in. Caleb Huntley should be factored in. For the Broncos, Mike Boone should be factored in. So it's a little bit of a mess, but uh, the top three guys would be the situation in Atlanta being Tyler Algier as the lead option, the situation in Denver, I'll give the slight lead, to, slight lean toward Latavius Murray and then Rashad White, and I am Mark Ingram fourth. I, I don't think fantasy managers should forget about him because if Alvin Kamara is out and it's Mark Ingram and Tony Jones and Dwayne Washington, Mark Ingram will right. get a great opportunity against Seattle and could be a, a difference maker for this week. Like I picked up Ingram in a couple leagues Sunday morning because I was paying attention. I'm like Adam, um, <laughs> and so uh, I'm not I'm not dropping Mark Ingram this week unless there's somebody like absolutely fantastic on the waiver. I was paying attention. I was paying attention. I, I was saying if you're in California or something like that, and it's six thirty in the morning, and Kamara is a surprise and active, I felt bad for you. Okay, wide receivers, Dave. The top three priorities. You say, you say surprise and active. It's not like it's two minutes before the game starts. You got the the news came out two hours before. But that. But that was four thirty in the morning in California. I'm the people who are sleeping. Yes, obviously, but if you have any look, I I I appreciate our audience, which is why they're saying that. George Pickens isn't available in their leagues because these are serious fantasy players. Um, the people that typically play on our site because, you know, of, of how the payment structure is for our leagues are typically serious fantasy players. Um, I understand for, you know, the casual fantasy player that doesn't necessarily want to wake up at 430 in the morning to, or, or 630 in the morning to check their, their lineups. But if you know that you have a player that has some semblance of an issue, you got to be aware of that. Set the alarm. You go back to sleep. Uh, I, look, I wasn't saying blanket statement, let someone make a move. I was just saying that it's understandable. And if your league wanted to operate that way, I think it would be it would be understandable. OK, anyway, George Pickens, uh, George Pickens, I'm assuming is number one at wide receiver among yes. like like what if look, I know Michael Gallup is technically over the 65 percent threshold. But if they're both available because they're rostered in almost the same amount of leagues, Gallup and uh, and Tyler Boyd, for that matter, uh, and Robert and look, Woods. Uh, who do you and George Pickens? Okay, how about those four right there for sh- for the shallower leagues? Woods, Pickens, uh, Gallup, and Boyd. How would you rank them, Dave? Pickens, Gallup. Um, I think I'd go Boyd next over Woods, just because I think I like him better this week. But it's close between the two of them. I know that no Traylon Burks being there is is something that's going to make people excited about Robert Woods, but it's still Robert. Woods. And it's still the Titans. Okay. It is Washington this week, though. Uh, and after that, it's Dave. It's Derrick Henry. Who are the top? I think this, I think Washington gives up the most fantasy points to receivers. I mean, they, they are obviously just terrible. Uh, who are the top priorities after George Pickens? And I really want to talk more about Pickens. We'll do it later because we've got to get to some tight end. We haven't mentioned any tight ends, DSTs, or kickers, or anything. But the schedule just really sucks for him. <laughs> but uh, all right, wide receiver after that, Dave. Uh, who else would you be looking at? Josh Reynolds would be at the top of the list, and he's available in 81% of leagues. It 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 seems like he's here to stay, not to this degree, not to what he's done the last two weeks where he's given you at least 15 PPR points, but he'll play a good amount in this Lions offense, and they're moving the ball. They're a good offense. That offensive line's doing a great job. So he, he would be number one for me if he can't get Pickens. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney is on the same threshold as Pickens. You can look to see if he's available. I think what Jamie said made sense about Devin Duvernay. He's available in 62% of leagues. He feels a little touchdown needy to me, but still a good, at minimum, a good bench receiver who you might be able to start this week against Cincinnati. Corey Davis would be after that. Okay. Jamie, we have not talked about talked about tight ends. That is my fault. Um, who are the tight ends to look at this week? 
Uh, good call on Logan Thomas. I'll, I'll add him to the list. Uh, I don't know why Tyler Conklin continues to get overlooked. I didn't have a, a monster game against the, uh, the the Steelers in the first game with Zach Wilson, but he still had over 50 yards receiving. He's still not going away. And so while he might not finish as a top five tight end, he still has the opportunity to finish as a top 12 tight end. So 58% roster is a little bit, you know, Silly in my mind, you know, just because of what he's been so far to start the season. Uh, Robert Tunyon, we said it t- two weeks ago. He had seven targets, six catches uh, two games ago, scored a touchdown last week. It feels like there's something coming for him, you know, a bigger, bigger role, bigger opportunity. Didn't have a lot of targets, but uh, as he's getting healthier, I think Aaron Rodgers starting to lean, or will start to lean on him a little bit more. So he's another guy that should be rostered. And I do think that Taysom Hill is going to be a cheat code because yeah. of what he's going to do at tight end. And so um, especially if, it, if Jameis remains out, there's a situation at play here where if Jameis and this back injury lingers and they're, and they're going to be cautious with him, which they might, and Dalton gets knocked out and he's playing quarterback, we are right back to where we were you know, two years ago. Um, I think it was two years ago. With uh, the other leagues, we didn't do this, but the other leagues that had him listed as a tight end only and he was able to play quarterback. So it could be a, it could be a cheat code for you there. And then there's a couple you know, deeper league options. Molly Cox you know, maybe builds off what he did last week, although it's been you know, two weeks ago it was Jelani Woods. Last week it was Molly Cox. Um, you know, the, the Colts are just struggling to find weapons in the, in the passing game. And then if, if the concussion situation lingers for Cameron Bray, KDOT, I think would be the guy that could have some opportunities there for Tampa Bay. Not a, not a, a, a 10 or 12 team league type of guy, but a 14 team league guy or, or large or, or deeper and, and tight end premium leagues as well. Here's the thing on Taysom Hill. It, I don't think it's just a Jameis thing. What if Kamara's out again? Cause I yeah. mean, he's basically a running back. Well, I'm, 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 about, I'm just talking about the. End. The, the ability that he would play quarterback for the majority of a game. You're right. Okay. He's going to get opportunities now, but in the event that they're stuck without Jameis and without Dalton, and he's the guy for them like he was last year, look out. Agreed. But even if Dalton's healthy, which I think he will be coming into this game, they're playing Seattle, and they're terrible. Yeah. So there's, there's all kinds of opportunities for Taysom Hill there. Yeah. Right, but let's address this situation. What would happen on CBS – if Taysom Hill became a mid-game he quarterback, would, you would obviously get the points at tight end. But if he became the starting quarterback the next week, what would happen? What would we do? I believe what we would do is give him, and commissioners already have the the power to give position eligibility to whoever they want in their league. But I believe we would give him quarterback eligibility. We would not take away time. Tight end eligibility. We would not. We would allow we had, people to play him at tight end because I think we did not do that. I, I, I don't think we're in the business of taking away eligibility for people. We had a lot of discussion about him during the offseason. We even got the Saints involved um, just to see what should we do. Because I, I kind of thought he shouldn't even be a tight end. He's not used as a traditional tight end. He's uh, he's 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 basically a running back who can throw a little bit. And they trust him enough to do it. But when they when they had Andy Dalton, it, it made it pretty clear that they didn't want to really make Taysom Hill their plan B at quarterback in nice. case things went wrong with James Winston. So we we thought that the best avenue to go would be make him a tight end to start. And then if he does end up playing quarterback, and, and that's in the situation where Andy Dalton gets hurt, Jameis isn't available, and they make him their quarterback, that's when we'd give him QB eligibility. But I don't I, – I'm not – there's a brain trust here at CBS that would make this decision. It doesn't come down to me or the three of us. Um, but I don't think we've ever taken away a player's position eligibility before in a season. And I don't think we would do it now. Mm, okay. I, I don't think that when, when he became the quarterback, 
that people were allowed to start him at tight end because it, it made everyone crazy. We didn't have him listed as a tight end. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That was the difference. Right. Okay. okay. It wasn't right. our league. Right, right, right. Right. The other Others tights did. had yeah, him yeah. as a tight end. Okay. All right. And the Saints did. The Saints themselves didn't list him as a tight end on their website until after training camp this year. Our conversations with the Saints uh, via, it was through their media representatives to their coaches was, is he really going to play tight end or is he going to have the same role? And they didn't want to give out that information to us because they consider that confidential information. They said, no, he's he's a quarterback for now. But we still didn't really view him because everybody else was looking at him as a tight end. And we thought that we'd get um, we thought that we'd get a number of complaints and we thought we'd be wrong if we didn't list him as a tight end to begin the season. And then when the Saints did list him as a tight end, that justified everything. It was easier to say, okay, he's a tight end. You can use him as a tight end in fantasy. All right, let's move on here. DSTs, Jamie. DSTs and kickers. Uh, I like the Vikings this week. I think they have a good opportunity to, uh, you know, hopefully play a little bit better than they have been. But, you know, the Bears clearly are not going to scare a lot of teams. They're not going to throw on a lot of teams. And, um, you know, I, I think this is a good matchup for them. The Dolphins against the Jets. You know, we'll see what Xavier Howard's status is. But uh, I still think they'll be aggressive enough and maybe force Zach Wilson some turnovers. And the Jaguars' defense against the uh, Texans. Jaguars obviously struggled against the Eagles, but they're widely available in the Texans. I think they can force Davis Bills into a turnover, too. Kickers? Oh, kickers, I'm sorry. Uh, kickers would be uh, Will Lutz, home game um, against the uh, Seahawks. You got uh, Brett Maher, who's coming off a good game, taking on the Rams. And Graham Gano, who's the Giants' MVP, according to Adam, uh, yes. taking on Packers in London. <laughs> Um, they would get another couple 60-yard field goal attempts. Maybe. Uh, all right, so by the way, the Jacksonville DST against Houston, they actually ended up with a good game against the Eagles because they had a defensive touchdown, but they, they got shredded. Um, but yeah, they, they've been pretty good this year, and they get Houston. So let me recap the top the priorities at each position, a quarterback, Geno Smith. You could look at Ryan Tannehill. Dave likes Garoppolo. Jamie, not so much. You could look at Teddy Bridgewater. Kenny Pickett, maybe more of a long-term thing. You're not going to start him this week against the Bills. But Geno Smith is the prize here. Would you start Geno Smith or Matthew Stafford this week? Geno Smith. Um, I would be more interested. I would also be interested in the Saints starting quarterback this week against Seattle. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be, but you know, I think you guys would be relatively interested as well. I don't know where you'd rank yep. them, but yeah. The problem is, is like I, like Dalton played really well uh, for the most part. You know, two thirty-six and one. He's gonna lose a touchdown or or, or a goal line opportunity to to Taysom. That's the problem. Like, yeah. can he get to the second touchdown? Uh, at running back, we're looking at Tyler Algier. We're looking at either Latavius Murray or Mike Boone. Jamie favors Murray. Rashad White and Mark Ingram would have a great opportunity this week if Alvin Kamara is out again. If you don't plan on starting Tyler Algier over the next four weeks, and we've made a pretty big case against you know why you should be aggressive, you know then maybe you just look at Rashad White or Mark Ingram and have a high end backup there. And Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, Pacheco, yeah, He's yeah. Got two games so far this season with double digits and carries. He's over five yards per carry in both of them. Tight end: Tyler Conklin, Robert Tunyon, and Taysom Hill. Wide receiver: There's a group of wide receivers who are rostered in. About 65% of CBS Sports Leagues, they are George Pickens, Michael Gallup, Robert Woods, and Tyler Boyd. You could look at them if they're not available. Josh Reynolds, Devin Duvernay, Corey Davis, and there are more to discuss as well. We'll get to that. DST's Minnesota against the Bears, Miami against the Jets, Jacksonville against Houston, 
And there were some kickers mentioned too. We'll take a break. When we come back, San Francisco and the Rams recap 24 to 9. We'll be back to talk about that and give you even more names to know for the waiver wire and also talk about starts and sits. I mean, do you pick up Tyler Conklin and sit Kyle Pitts or do you sit George Kittle? You know, we'll talk about that when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's look at last night's game real quick here. Rams moved the ball pretty well. They had the ball for nine more minutes than San Francisco, but the Rams cannot beat the 49ers unless it's the championship game. Uh, so San Francisco 24, Rams 9. How concerned are we about Matthew Stafford going forward, Dave? That is now three games with 10.2 or fewer fantasy points. That's not good. So definitely cause for concern. You're going to probably only start him when he's got a favorable matchup. Let me tell you what his favorable matchups are over the next five or six weeks. He's got Dallas this week. I don't think that's favorable. I think the Cowboys defense is playing great. He's got Carolina at home in week six. That's a get right game for him. Then they're on by. Then they play the 49ers again and the Bucks the week after. These, these are matchups where that offensive line is going to be a problem for Stafford. And eventually, teams are going to have to figure out a way to really just deter him from throwing to Cooper Cup. No. You'd think that it would have happened Good by luck. now. But Good luck with that. <laughs> the, the difference is, is that in this game, he had it 19. Last Cup, night. Cup had 19 targets, 14 catches, didn't average 10 yards per catch. So what, what they were doing was saying, all right, if Cup's going to beat us, he's not going to beat us deep. And I wonder if that's going to be part of the strategy that defense is used moving forward is you can throw it a cup all day long. If you want to same thing with Higby, you're just not going to get a lot of yards after that. And they just sit on those guys. It worked on the, on the pick six. Yeah. Yeah, really did. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, the offensive line is just teams with great pass rushes. You're going to have to really, really reconsider with Stafford. And, and that's what he's facing again this week. Cam makers or Daryl Henderson rest of season, Jamie. Cam Akers, you know, I, I think as long as he's healthy, he'll be he'll be the guy there. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's a similar situation. You know, if they're facing tough defense, it's gonna be hard to trust either one of those guys. So, uh, this will be an interesting week. You know, the Cowboys' pass rush is certainly much more impressive than their run defense, although the run defense has been good. 
So I don't know if it's uh, go back to Cam Akers as a starter, but I'd rather have him on my team than Daryl Henderson. I think I agree. Um, Henderson, we know that he breaks down. Akers does too. But it, it did feel like Akers regressed. Because last week I thought he looked great, and this week he looked like 2021 playoff Cam Akers, and that's not a good look. It's the, yeah, it's the best run defense And it was football. Henderson who was playing a lot down the stretch. Right. I know, but it was Henderson. The fourth quarter, Henderson played 22 of 24 snaps. So maybe that just means that they're going true hot hand, and whoever they think is even a little bit better is who's going to play in the fourth quarter. Do you drop Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson for Tyler Algier or Latavius Murray or Mike Boone? No. Maybe Henderson. All right. Uh, it depends on how desperate you are for a running back in week five. Do you drop Allen Robinson for... Uh, I always forget his stinking yes. name. The the guy I dropped Justin Jefferson for two years ago. His, name is, his name is uh, Ryan Suckup. You can drop him <laughs> for Ryan Suckup. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. All right. Drop him for Cairo Santos. Tyler Higby is uh, awesome. You should start him. He was only started in 37% of leagues. He's clearly their number two guy. On the other side of the ball, I don't know. Is there much to say here about the 49ers, Jamie? You had Debo. Debo Samuel, I tweeted it. I reverse jinxed him. He had fewer than 15 PPR fantasy points in all three games going into last night. That was as many times as he had that as he did that last year so basically three times all of last year where he scored fewer than 15 points he had already done that this year in three games and then he had that you know a couple of huge plays but Debo was great what about Ayuk do you see a reason to hold Ayuk he's 90% rostered I didn't like Ayuk going into this week but I would still hold him he did have eight targets to the previous two games and so you know in, in a game I think where they're chasing points I don't think it'll be the case this week against Carolina uh, but where they're forced to throw a little bit more, I think we'll see a little bit more attention for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but no, he is not a must-hold guy. You know, I, I think he'll you'll regret probably dropping him in a week or two when he does pop off for a big game. But um, this is still a run-first team. This is still a, a scenario where Kittle's been struggling. Uh, Debo hasn't exactly been making a ton of plays prior to last night as a pass catcher. And Ayuk is not necessarily, I think, going to be consistent right now. They're still trying to figure out their offensive line as well. You know, the replacing Trent Williams, they... I had some interior offensive line concerns last night also. So, you know, they'll, they'll I think, get sort of settled to who's getting the ball when and where. So Ayuk still should be, in my opinion, rostered. But if you have you know, Pickens is available, uh, you know, you want to pivot to any of these other guys because you think they have more upside, go ahead. But I would prefer to hold Brandon Ayuk. Time to take a look at some more players on the waiver wire here, starting with quarterback. And let's talk about Jared Goff if he is available. He's 80% rostered. And he just scored 41 fantasy points. That's two monster games against two of the worst defenses in football, Seattle and Washington. Um, a respectable game against the Eagles, 19 and a half fantasy points and 15.9 fantasy points at Minnesota. Uh, so a great start to the season for Goff. Does he have staying power, Dave? Do you think Goff is a must-roster player? No, I don't think he's a must-roster, but I think he's he's a potentially good starter this week. It's the Patriots. I, I am a little worried about Belichick having a game plan for for Goff, and if he doesn't have St. Brown, um, I think it'll it'll be a little bit harder. So I don't love him, but I think he's he's okay if you, if you're looking for him and he's out there. Um, I wouldn't use him in DFS. I think the whole world will be on him in DFS. Yeah, I think the problem is if you think New England is a tough matchup, I don't, I don't know if they are, but they're not good matchup. And then he's got a buy, and then he has Dallas. So. It's not a great upcoming schedule for golf. I think the setups you want to play Jared Goff. I, first of all, I would roster Jared Goff for the rest of the season. Um, I, I think the scenarios you want to play Jared Goff, 
home game, explosive offense on the other side. These two situations don't bear that out. The Patriots, while they'll score on the Lions, they're not going to put up 50 points in the way that you'll see Jared Goff having to play like he played this past game. You know, the, the Patriots will be a methodical run the ball down their throat type of game. Um, but I think this is not going to be a game where the, the Patriots, because of how they play, Goff is down three touchdowns in the second half unless he has another pick six or so. But you see where that goes in terms of his scoring. I don't think we have to talk too much about the quarterbacks. We laid it out for you. It's Geno Smith as the the top guy to get this week, even though he's against the Saints. I mean, this week, I can make an easy case for Dalton or Winston against Seattle or Tannehill against Washington or even Bridgewater with against the Jets. Would are they starting are you starting them over Geno Smith or is Smith the highest ranked in that group this week? Uh I would start Tannehill over Geno. I would start if 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 there's some clarity with the Saints quarterback situation, I might consider it. Um I think Geno maxes out probably about twenty points. You know, that's what he did in his first tough matchup against the Broncos, you know, so give him credit for that. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know if there's a huge ceiling for Geno Smith this week, especially Saints back home after a loss. You know, you gotta figure that that building will be rowdy. Um so, but I, I really, for me, with the approach with the with the quarterback position, the two guys that I have listed at the top are Geno and Pickett. I think long term they they have some staying power. So, um, if you're looking week to week, Tannehill would be the best one. Alrighty, running backs. Oh, by the way, what do you think about Carson Wentz this week? Two great games, two bad games against Philadelphia and Dallas. It's going to so give a, a lot of people trouble here. But he gets Tennessee. Right, but now it's Tennessee. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Make They've allowed at least 22 fantasy points to each of the last three quarterbacks. I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous. No, I originally had him as, as somebody to drop, but this this week he could he could definitely play well. So yeah. I'm so sorry about the internet issues that I'm having today, folks. I, I don't know what's going on, but it's wreaked havoc on the show. Would you drop Carson Wentz for Geno Smith or Ryan Tannehill? I would definitely drop him for Tannehill to start this week if Wentz has been my starter, and I would definitely start drop him for for Gino to be my backup, if that's the case on my fantasy team as well. You can drop you can drop wins. All right. Running backs. You could look for Naeem Hines, 75% rostered. You can look for Brian Robinson, 73% rostered. but And Raheem Mostert at 67%. A lot of people are going to have a dis- tough decision to make on Brian Robinson, who's been taking up an IR spot. And you might have to activate him maybe this week. Where do you think, Robin, Dave, where do you think Robinson is rest of the season? I think he can be a low-end number two fantasy running back rest of season where he can have some surprise weeks, some big weeks, and then a lot of games where he's right around 14 carries and they're, they're pretty empty. I don't love the state of the Washington offensive line right now. I don't know how long until it gets even a little bit better for them, but that this is a team that wants to run the football, and he's their type of running back. North-south physical, all that stuff. Short yardage goal line guy. He, I, I think he's got some good potential. I don't think he's he's going to flub as long as he stays healthy. So you'd rather roster Brian Robinson than Tyler Algier? Yes. How about Raheem Mostert or Brian Robinson? Robinson. <clears throat> How about Raheem Mostert or Tyler Algier or Latavius Murray? Uh, if you're asking me, I'll, I'll take Algier over Mostert. I'll probably take Mostert over Latavius Murray. But anybody that's got a chance to have some significant role rest of season, I'll put out of Mostert because you, you know the deal with Mostert. He's 
he gets hurt very easily. They're probably going to press him into their main running down role in Miami. Who knows how long that lasts? Okay. He's got two games so far this season with double digits and carries. In both those games, he's got at least 75 total yards. The problem is, is that he's losing touchdowns to Chase Edmonds. You know, I know they've given him some, some touchdown opportunities. He just hasn't converted them. But he's losing touchdowns to Chase Edmonds. He's probably not going to get a lot of op- opportunities in passing down situations. So you're getting some empty work there. But still, if something happens to Edmonds, then maybe his, his role does increase. But it's not a, he's not a must-add or a must-stash. But I don't know if, if he's on my team if I'm going to drop him either. Okay, and then what do you think about getting Philip Lindsay or Deion Jackson? Any interest there? Not for me. So what I what I would do is it's more of a deep league situation. Um, I think it's 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 sort of similar to the Broncos scenario because we just don't know what they're going to do because the Colts have a guy whether they use Naeem Hines in that lead role or not we'll find out. Uh, the Broncos clearly have a guy in, in Melvin Gordon. Um, the difference is is there's a clear absence in Denver without Javante Williams there. I think the thing that you can hope for is that because the game is on Thursday, you're going to get a practice report on Tuesday for the Colts, and if Jonathan Taylor is out probably as expected, at limited at best, then you could take a flyer on one of the two guys. I just give a slight lean toward Lindsey because of his experience. Um, it could be Deion Jackson, I, I, and I wish I had an answer for you, so I, don't, I apologize. But I think if uh, you get to Wednesday and both those guys are unclaimed and you find out Jonathan Taylor's out, then you race to your waiver wire and hopefully you can pick up one of them with the hope that you get potential flex option. Again, we're talking deeper leagues at most. They're probably not going to be good because Denver's run defense is good. And Taylor has struggled behind his offensive line. So keep that in mind. But again, we know volume matters. In some cases, uh, you might not have another option to pivot to in a deeper format. Wide receivers. We've talked a a lot about the the top four that are rostered in more than 60% of leagues. Pickens, Gallup, Woods, and Boyd. Um, Josh Reynolds. I mean... If Amon St. Brown's going to play this week, where are you going to rank Josh Reynolds? If St. Brown plays. Uh, low end number three, high end number four receiver, better in PPR. Okay. Uh, if, Dave, if uh, Rashad Bateman does not play against the Bengals, where would you rank Devin Duvernay? He was 38% rostered. He, right. He'd be a, a probably in that same range, like low end number three in full PPR. Lower than that and not. If Keenan Allen does not play, would Josh Palmer be ahead of Devin Duvernay, ahead of Josh Reynolds? No, not he might be ahead of. He might be ahead of Duvernay if you need somebody for this week. But yep. again, just don't know what the status is of, of Rashad Bateman at this point. You know, if, if this is a significant absence, um, you, you'd like to have a piece of this Ravens passing attack to some extent. You know, I don't think it's a break the bank situation, but... Uh, Reynolds clearly is not going to be a long-term option if Keenan Allen returns. But the fact that Keenan Allen walked off the field last week with a trainer and is, you know, may have had a setback, Palmer might have some staying power. So he's he's right there with him. I'd probably prefer Palmer if you tell me that Keenan Allen's thought. All right. And we got Devontae Parker on the list. I don't, you know, I'm not sure how much people are going to trust him, but two good games in a row. He only had two targets at Green Bay at a 24-yard t- ahead, 24 yards and a touchdown. Gets Detroit this week, though. Corey it's Davis, yeah, yeah. Corey Davis, seven targets from Zach Wilson was was pretty good uh, at the beginning of the year with Zach Wilson. Gets Miami this week. Isaiah McKenzie still available in half our leagues. Jamal Agnew, if Zay Jones, it looks like Zay Jones is going to come back. Uh, and and I know Matt Collins had a bad game, but Matt Collins faced Denver and he plays almost every snap uh, when Hunter Renfro is out. So keep an eye on Matt Collins if you need someone. He's thirty seven percent rostered. 
And then you've got Kadarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, Richie James for the Giants, Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce, 80 yards this week, 61 yards the week before. He didn't play a ton in week four. Uh, Jamie, what's your interest level on Alec Pierce? I liked him coming into the NFL draft. I liked him when he ended up with the Colts, you know, because of the opportunity there to get targets. And look, this run game is struggling. Uh, may not have Taylor this week. Probably going to see Matt Ryan, you know, north of 35 pass attempts again. You know, he has a, he already has a 50 pass attempt game on his resume this season. And, you know, you go back to that week one game. He targeted Pierce in the end zone a couple of times, should have maybe had a touchdown. If he scores in that game, despite the fact that he got a concussion in missed week two, we'd probably be a little bit more excited about Og Pierce. And so there's a clear path to production here. And so a uh, great guy to let your first run of waivers go through, maybe your second run of waivers go through. You don't have to necessarily spend a lot of fab on him and could end up being a significant contributor for you at some point this year. A last question about wide receivers, Dave. Darnell Mooney, where does he rank amongst this group? Is he ahead of guys like Josh Reynolds and DuVernay and Josh Palmer? Darnell Mooney. Yeah, he's he's behind Reynolds for me. He's ahead of DuVernay and Palmer, but it's it's on the hunch that the Bears start to open up their offense just as as much as they did last week against the Giants. Okay, let's go to tight ends. Tyler Conklin is number one for Jamie, gets the Dolphins this week. They've Kind of struggled against tight ends, mostly Mark Andrews, but just gave up a touchdown to Hayden Hurst. Robert Tunyon against the Giants, who have yet to allow a touchdown, but they have not faced any good tight ends yet. Uh, Taysom Hill we talked about, and he gets Seattle. Mo Cox, Cade Otten, Will Disley. Will Disley we have not talked about. In three of four games, he has 34 to 43 yards and a touchdown. He played a ton of snaps in week four. In the other game, he had zero, <laughs> zero yards. But, uh, Jamie, like Will Disley, you have him last on this list. So you have Disley behind Conklin and Tunyon and Otten and Mo Cox. You want to just discuss? I think there's more upside for those guys because Disley's still playing in a three tight end rotation. Uh, but, you know, look, with the way Geno's playing right now, it's two guys getting a ton of targets, and then the third guy is kind of, you know, just finding the end zone. That's what Disley's been. So he's not bad. I, you know, if you want to put him ahead of those guys, that's fine. I, I just think, you know, if – if the absence for Braid is extended, um, you know, Otten was somebody that they liked. Remember, before they brought in Rudolph, he was expected to be the potential Gronk replacement. And now there's a, maybe an opportunity here for him to get some additional targets. And the Colts are just struggling for playmakers right now. And Molly Cox, you know, pops up from time to time. And maybe they build off what they had last week as Ryan continues to develop a rapport with them. And how would you rank these guys, Dave? Irv Smith against the Bears, Daniel Bellinger against the Packers, and Logan Thomas against the Titans. Thomas would be first, Irv Smith would be second, Bellinger would be third. Okay. And DSTs, the Vikings, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars. Do you like the Saints this week against Seattle? Yes. Not as much as other defenses. Do you like the Titans at Washington? I do like the Titans against Washington. Okay. And we've got kickers, Will Lutz, Brett Maher, Jamie added a lot of Brett Maher last week because he had a lot of Harrison Butker. I kept seeing, drop Harrison Butker, add Brett Maher, drop Harrison Butker. So good job. And Graham Gano is, <laughs> Graham Gano is, how is Graham Gano not the number one kicker in fantasy? I mean, he's the best kicker in the world. Daniel Carlson for the Raiders is the number one kicker in fantasy. All right, we're out of here, everybody. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Sorry for the connection issues. We'll talk to you tonight. We got a live stream, 8 p.m. Eastern, answering your waiver wire questions, probably talking about cookies because Dan Schneier and I are on. We'll talk to you then. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. See ya. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.